In anticipation of episode number 36 on anticoagulants, transfusions, and bleeding, I've got with us Dr. Katerina Pavensky. She's a transfusion medicine specialist hematologist from St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto, and she's going to tell us her best case ever when it comes to anticoagulants and bleeding. Dr. Pavensky, let it rip. I got a call from the trauma bay about a patient who was 65 years old following a motor vehicle collision on one of our major highways, was brought by helicopter to our emergency room and was being worked on by the trauma team. As soon as the patient was registered into our system, it became apparent that we have seen this patient in the past. And in fact, only a year ago, he had a mechanical mitral valve implanted at our hospital. The discharge note also stated that the patient was discharged on warfarin anticoagulation. Since his injuries were quite severe and he was actively bleeding while awaiting for his coagulation studies to come back, I received an urgent call to administer PCC since the assumption was that the patient was in fact on warfarin and because of significant bleeding, we wanted to reverse this as soon as possible to allow him to go to the operating room. We checked with the lab, and for reasons that are unclear at this point, his sample was not appropriately identified as STAT, and they did retrieve it and started running the tests. However, we opted not to wait for the results of the investigation. I issued a dose of PCC at 1,000 international units as a start while awaiting the results of his coagulation tests. The patient was administered the drug. He subsequently was transferred to the operating room where he underwent a number of orthopedic procedures, and he was later transferred to TNICU where, upon awakening, it became apparent that the patient was not moving the right side of his body. Subsequent imaging revealed that he had a large left middle cerebral artery stroke. At the same time, we finally received investigations of his coagulation studies, and his INR was in the normal range at about one. So we were left wondering with the question of whether the PCC that was administered to correct presumed anticoagulation was warfarin, in fact, contributed to his thromboembolic event. We would also leave wondering if this patient was not taking his warfarin and as a result suffered a stroke that ultimately led him to be part of a motor vehicle collision. And it left us with a lot of questions whether it is safe to administer anticoagulant reversal in the absence of having coagulation tests, whether it is safe to make any assumptions about whether the patient is taking the drug or not. So to learn more about these topics, please tune in for our next episode. In the next episode, we'll have Dr. Walter Himmel, who's been on the show before, as well as Dr. Jeannie Callum, who's the head of transfusion medicine at Sunnybrook Hospital. Before we go, just an update on CME credits. For those of you who are CCFP or CCFPEM, they have recently changed the requirements for what CME credits you need. And it turns out that you can fulfill an entire half of your five-year cycle requirements just by listening to EM cases. So the way it works, that in every five-year cycle, you must complete and report at least 250 main pro credits 
of which half of them need to be either M1 or Main Pro C credits. However, the other half, that's 125 credits, can be M2 or M1 or MC credits. So EMC, you can claim M2 credits. If you listen to all the episodes, that'll be at least 125 credits in a five-year cycle. Each hour of listening is worth one credit. And so that each year, if you listen to all the episodes, you can claim at least 25 credits per year. If you have any other questions about CME credits, please email Anton at emergencymedicinecases.com. So until next time, take it easy.